This episode of the Red Bull Rant is brought to you by the fine patrons that support us through patreon.com slash Red Bull Rant. You can support us for the low, low price of $1 a month, and you can get exclusive content, including a monthly wrap-up for the New York Red Bulls. We want to send a special shout-out to our patrons who support us at $5 a month. That is our producer-level reward. Thank you to Jeremiah Dempster and William Martin. Now, on to the show. This is the Red Bull Rant Podcast. If you aren't expecting adult language, why even bother listening? uniforms for the Red Bulls today and we're underway this afternoon in Harrison. special group this year is a special group and I know 13 was amazing as our first 15 just no one thought that we could do it and we accomplished much and then 18 uh, for us to do it on the last day again three for three last day Square, Hanson. 
Welcome, my friends. So, show no friends. This is the Red Bull Ramp Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Iapico. I'm Truman, and USL refereeing is terrible. This field is terrible. And this is episode 288, Best in the World. Yep. Best in the world. That's not even a move. That's just a fucking statement, man. Yes, it is. World. Best in the world. The whole world. Because if there's one thing America knows about sports is that we are the world. Yep, yep. And everything we do, we're the world champions of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So New York Red Bulls uh, went into Sunday needing two things to happen. They needed Atlanta to draw or lose, and they needed to either get themselves – or they needed to get a win or a draw, depending on if the Atlanta had lost – uh, they got the best of everything because Atlanta <laughs> just shit the bed against Toronto, gave up four goals to uh, their one. So as long as the Red Bulls didn't lose this game, they were pretty much guaranteed the supporter shield. Yep. And they got their goal and, of course, made it nervy at the end. But ultimately, they came out on top uh, as the supporter shield champions for 2018. And uh, there's there's pictures now going up of them with the real shields at practice. Well, I mean, that, it had to happen eventually. Yeah, yeah, they finally got their hands on the thing. Which I don't blame. I don't blame the Shield Foundation. It's the Shield Foundation is what they call themselves, right? Or ISC, whatever. I don't remember. But basically, the keepers of the Shields, whatever you want to call them, I agree or I understand sending it to Atlanta. No, it's for, it should have been. I mean, in 2015, they sent well, it to Toronto. Chicago. Sorry, Toronto. In 2015, they sent to Chicago with us, even though SC Dallas, I think, was tied on points going into that game in 2015. Mm, or, they were like, or they were like slightly behind, but basically, we had the better shot in 2015, so it was with us, and then Atlanta had the better shot this year, so it was with them. It makes yep. sense. Uh, but that standing shield would end up being a really good move by that guy. I think he follows on Twitter, but that was a really good move. Coming up with the Captain America, right, and, and making just like a funny like a Captain America shield. Just not even expected that was going to happen. Was no, just, that was you know that was apparently I read it was some of the uh, the, the staff members of the team. Once they realized what was going to happen, they went over to the guy and said, like, "Hey, can we borrow this?" Yeah, gave it to Davis, and Davis was like, "Oh shit, look what I got! I'm going to run over to the captain and give it to him real quick." And and, and, and some great pictures came out of that, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so before we get to our likes and dislikes, we don't really have tweets, but we do have an email. Uh, Jeremiah Dempster writes in, uh, members of the Rant Brigade. Mm. Oh, by the way, there's only two of us tonight, if you can't tell. <laughs> yes, yes. Although, if if 
you hadn't said anything. I would just eventually said that we had a guest, and that's why Pat didn't show up, and then <laughs> <laughs> the guest canceled, and that's why we ended up with this. Um, anyway, uh, so he says, uh, leaving Etienne in at or in after the half may have been Armis's bravest move all season. After the miss, and then putting an open look over the bar, he went through a period of the game where he looked rattled. He wasn't putting in the running and clearly missed pressing assignments. He made what looked like overzealous attempts to dribble to the end line when he was on the ball, but he played like he was in over his head. Fast forward to the second half kickoff, and he played like a kid with something to prove. Whatever Armis's halftime talk was, it clearly worked. Brave choice that paid off. What an unlikely but not unwelcome hero for the night that wins us another shield. Lastly, as I said on Twitter, I've had some pretty negative feelings this season towards Sasha Kleschen over how he left and things he said since. But it was a damn classy move for him to walk the stadium alone after the game, clapping the fans, and to pause at the South word to acknowledge him. It took guts and showed some real emotion from a guy I wasn't sure was capable of expressing anything raw that wasn't anger. I'm feeling a little sentimental towards a clearly talented player who gave a lot to this club, even if he wasn't destined to be part of the long-term plan. Anyway, on to the cup. P.S. I credit your decision to play the Canadian National Anthem at the end of the last episode for inspiring Toronto versus Atlanta. So really, <laughs> at least part of the credit of the Shield needs to go to you guys. Good work. I'll just say all the credit. I'm just passing that here. So yeah, take the credit. Take all the credit. By the way, 2 nothing Louisville. This isn't looking good. So uh... Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking I was going to get to it later, but uh, New York Red Bulls 2 in the Eastern Conference Finals of the USL playoffs gave up... Uh, or the phrase it, the referee called the bullshit penalty that led to a Louisville goal, and they just gave up a second goal. Yeah, not good. Not good. No. All right, so let's talk about our likes and dislikes. So, Truman, since it's no Pat, you get to go first. What did you dislike about this game? I guess just the decision to have Derek Etienne take the penalty in the first place. Uh, I don't I don't understand. I, I don't know why you don't have Kaku take that. Um, Kaku did score on his last PK take. Not even a week ago. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I didn't understand that decision. I don't, Chris Armas clearly had something in mind there. Uh, I don't know. I just think you, you give it to your guy. I know Kaku missed one, uh, you know, but I, I don't know. I thought that was a very, very strange decision. Uh, thankfully, it didn't cost the team in the end. But I don't know. Just very weird. Very, just weird choice there so for whatever it's worth when i because he got asked about it at halftime uh he made it sound like it wasn't his call it was made by the guys on the field so maybe kaku thought he deserved it i don't know i don't know why that should be the player's choice it shouldn't be it should have been set up ahead of time like hey penalty kicks this is you right uh my dislike hmm I, I and I say this nitpicking because we want a shield, so anything I kind of say is nitpicking at this point. Um, and I actually I think we mentioned this last on, on the uh, October wrap up for the patrons. The fact that we didn't really put our foot down on Orlando because mm-hmm. they came into this game with a minus thirty goal difference. Like, there's no reason we should have just completely curb stomp them. Yeah. But then we just I, – I don't know if Orlando just happened to play better or we were playing worse, but whatever it was, it was yeah. – And it was also 
and these are not excuses, but they didn't go in with their regular, you know, Royer was, didn't start. Uh, Rashavsky didn't even start, right? He, I mean, he was, he was, uh, he was, he was off there too. He wasn't even an ET. He was yeah. not on the bench. So he, he was hurt, I guess. I don't, they didn't say what happened, but whatever. Um, I think it was precautionary. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, but n- not an excuse because they, they beat Portland, you know, in what the, uh, the we first home game of the year with a complete B team. Right. Beat their brains in. So just because like Kaku and the bees, that's what it was. Yeah. So just because Etienne started is not excuse. No, I mean we had the full back line. We had Wright Phillips, Kaku, Davis. Um, pretty much, it was one starter that was missing. That would have been Royer. Right, and Royer did come in. You know, at the second half. So. Yeah, I, at this point, and this I guess harks back to how I've felt with Armas taking over is at this point, we have players that are proven they can play in the style that we want to play. Mm -hmm. So to me, that signals that any game that the Red Bulls play for the rest of the year, if somebody were to step in, being generous for, you know, not being a regular starter, I'm going to say they should be 75% as effective as the starter should be. Yes, I would agree with you. And against Orlando, 75% effective should have been two goals in the first half. (laughs) Right. Yeah, for real. I mean, literally, I'm going to, I'm going to look it up because I don't don't remember what, because now this is starting. I, you know, I looked at their goal difference. I didn't look at their actual goals against. I'm pretty sure they set a, a record for goals against. Well, the record was broken this year, I believe. Because yeah. we talked about this a few weeks ago. We did, because we specifically lined up the fact that they could set a re- or somebody could set a record and we could set a record for goal scores if everything worked out correctly. Mm-hmm. So Orlando gave up 2.17 goals per game. Wow. In comparison, uh, if Ray Phillips had played every single game this year, which I know he didn't, but if he did, he would have been averaging... Point five nine goals per game. Oof. Like, there's you can't tell me that giving up two plus goals a game that you couldn't have scored two. Yeah. Let alone the first half because you had a very powerful offense. I mean, do you want do you want to also just kind of <laughs> complain a little bit that that Bradley definitely again did not have a ton of chances in this game. Yeah, and that's it, maybe two quality chances, and I think those are more towards the end of the game, right? Uh, one definitely was. Yeah, the one definitely was when Orlando was trying to. What had been opened up by the goal that Etienne scored. Mm-hmm. I think he had one early in the game that got saved, but it wasn't exactly like a. And even then, that wasn't a great chance. It was just kind of a, hey, I have a shot. I'm going to take it, kind of thing. Right. So I don't know what happened, but let's hope it's better in the playoffs. Yeah, let's hope it let's hope this isn't just a continuation of what we see at the end of their seasons. Although it goes in the playoffs where Bradley can't score a critical goal. Although if they can keep grinding results out, I don't think it'll matter. Right, right. All right, so likes the game, uh I'll let you go last on this one because you you were there, so I imagine you're going to have something a lot different than I will. Okie dokie. Um my like of the game and this is because I was at home, I was watching both games. I was watching on ESPN Plus, 
And I was already behind live because ESPN Plus is not live. It's like, a, for some reason, like a 30-second delay. Um, but I, the delay between the two streams, I don't know if this is because of when the games actually started or not. I'm going to say it was about a minute to two minutes delay. So what happened in Atlanta? And then like I would turn back to like Toronto scores. I turn back and I'm just waiting for the crowd to erupt because I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it just knowing, that, knowing what's going on when the crowd erupts is just amazing. Like, cause if I was watching you and hadn't been watching Atlanta, I mean, I probably would have figured it out, but to know what it was coming up was great. Yeah. Also, also, by the way, again, that game was in Toronto. You keep saying it was in Atlanta. <laughs> well, I'm saying the, I meant the Atlanta game, not. Right. It doesn't really matter where it is. They lost. So. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> All right. So what's your, what's your like? Well, I mean, like, I'm going to just play a little bit off of that because being at the game now, <laughs> the funniest part is, do you, don't you think every person in that stadium, like me, had their phones ready to go off on alerts anytime there's a score change? Because I definitely had it going. I'm going to say at least half the people, because if I'm in that crowd, what I'm doing is I'm leaving it off, and then other people waste their batteries for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, also, up on the scoreboard, they had the score. Oh, they had well, the yeah, score that's... up there. Um, but we were finding out before they changed it up there. Like, we, if you were – like, my alerts, I was – was popping up before we come up there. Uh, but that was the best part is honestly, when that score started to change, the crowd got louder and louder and the Southward got louder and louder and was definitely, I mean, really pushing that team. So they didn't even have to look up at the scoreboard. They didn't have to. Like the players knew what was going on. Um, and, and it was awesome. It was re- really was just a, a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, it wasn't as crazy as the first Shield win. That was pure madness. Pure madness. Well, I mean, come on. The sh- the first shield when we went down a goal, and everybody was like, "Oh, here we go again. We're not doing this." Right. And, and then, then it when was we just destroy Chicago. I mean, right. Beating after beating after beating in that game. Um. So the party went all night. This one was a little nervy. It was nervy when it was one nothing and two one in the other game, which again we talked about on the monthly show. But I'll just say it again because things could have changed at any moment. Well, because because. At one nothing in the Atlanta Toronto game, we still weren't winning the shield because Atlanta had the tiebreaker at that point. It's when they went down to nothing, right? That we at that point it was two nothing in the Atlanta or in the Atlanta Toronto game. It was zero zero in New York. We were literally winning by one in the goal difference column at that point. Yeah, and again, when it was one nothing Toronto. The fans were just like, now let's go get this. Let's go win. Let's yeah. go win. That was the thing. It's like, let's not, let's not fight hard for a draw. It's let's, let's just go do what we need to do. Yeah. And then of course, I love the Toronto chant that came out in the South. Oh, yeah. There is, there is a lot of those. They were fun. We sang Oh Canada at the end of the night. I mean, that definitely has never happened before. Mm-mm. All right. Uh, afterthoughts. Uh, what have we really covered in this game? I mean, I guess the only thing we just talked about a thousand times, just score a couple more goals, guys. No more one goal games here. Cause now, now it's go time. Now we've already watched the first, the knockout round of the playoffs. So you're kind of knowing what, what to deal with here. Yeah. And, uh, 
you just score more than one goal. You score more than one goal in these games, you're giving yourself a great chance to win series. Great, a great, great chance. Yeah, I mean, of the three knockout or four knockout games, only one of them was decided by more than one goal, and that was a clear runaway. So, right, and I, and honestly, the Red Bulls defense has been so good this year. I, I don't expect to see a lot of big score games when with them. I don't think you're going to see three twos from hey, the team. I really don't. The Red Bulls had the best defense in the league, by the way. 30, right. 33 goals conceded, less than one per game. Nobody was at that mark or better. Yeah. So, I, you know, you, I just I don't see it. So they need just put, punch in two goals and let's see what happens. How about that? Yeah. All right. Uh, so that brings us. I'm going to skip the shield, the standings watch because that's no. We talked about it already. We know. We know. We know. We know. Uh, so that brings us to the first playoff game for the Red Bulls this year, which will be against uh, the Columbus Crew. Uh, they advanced after drawing DC two two in regulation. Nobody scored. Oh, sorry, it was one one in regulation. Mm-hmm. Then two two at the end of extra time, and. Uh, Columbus advanced 3-2 on penalty kicks, which was capped off, which I got to laugh at it because of having talked about time and time again. Nick DeLeon. Oh, the greatest player of all time. Pulling a Roy Miller on the on the last penalty kick of the game. After all they could talk about in that game when he came in as a sub, was like, oh, remember what happened? Remember happening as the Red Bulls? Remember that? Oh, that happened. Remember that? I mean, they couldn't get enough of talking about it. Yeah. Can he be the hero again? Nope, he can't. That was super. Uh, the last five in ML, in the regular season for Columbus was a win, a draw, two losses, and a win. So up and down coming into this one. And uh, p- probably the most important aspect of this first leg is the fact that Columbus, in a matter of eight days, will have traveled – well, nine days. will travel, have traveled to Columbus for the season finale. Mm-hmm. And that game got delayed. So they ended, right. they ended that game last. Like that was the last game that ended on decision day. They then had to travel to DC for a Thursday night game in which they played 120 minutes plus penalty kicks. And now they're back home only three days later. Mm-hmm. Out of all the teams that are playing, they have the worst rest schedule going into the first like. Good. <laughs> if the red if the Red Bulls couldn't have had a better, the Red Bulls honestly could not have had a better lineup in terms of team coming into a worse situation. Yeah, and I'll say this: uh, my personal opinion, and I know Pat feels differently because the three of us chatted about it. I think an away game at DC would have been the toughest away game that they would have to play. I think that really would have been the – listen, I know Atlanta is a bigger crowd if they get to the next round and if they face Atlanta. Uh, I know you have to play on Smurf Field and, in, you know, in the Bronx. But I think that would have been the one place you really did not want to be at. Because they definitely had that home mojo. Even though even though we had done well at Audi Field, mm-hmm. they had done pretty well there. Yep. And – and I got to say, they had a decent crowd. I mean, I think it was almost packed there last night. 
or at least, or at least it seemed like it was Pat because it was pretty loud on TV. Uh, maybe the late late arriving crowd did look a little thin early on. Yeah, uh, it, looked, it looked better at the end of the game. And the TV sight lines uh, aren't great when you look at who the like the actual fans are in the seats, except for the ends. True, and those stupid suites and everything. The way that place is set up. <laughs> yeah, the worst. But I mean, coming if you had to go into that game after DC. Especially if they had advanced on the penalty kicks, they would have had the crowd energy, which they, you know, because the crowd had just witnessed it. It would have been, I think it would have been one of the toughest games in, in this situation. Yep. Honestly, before we started, I was the most afraid of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Just because of the way we we played them. This yeah, because we're, we're not necessarily great against them. Right. Like, we, we at least have gone to D.C. and... We may have drawn 3-3, but we beat them the first time in their stadium. Right. We, were, we are their first loss at Audi Field. Yep. Uh, New York City, we weren't going to feed the place them anyway because if they had gone through, they were, had to face Atlanta. That was the only way that was going to happen. And Columbus, given the form, they were the best option of the three. And the fact that they had to have gone through this travel schedule just helps the Red Bulls cause. Yeah, then they're going to need it. So that's good. I mean, it's nice to get a full week of rest and playing mm-hmm. a team who's going to be pooped. Yep. Uh, do you want to predict this? I know in the playoffs we're not doing the standings, but do you want to actually predict it? Have I ever? I thought you did. Have I ever made playoff predictions? I thought you I thought you did every once in a while. No, I, I, I don't do those. Uh well, let's just. Here's my honest thoughts. I mean, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. <laughs> it just is. It's going to be like a one nothing, one one kind of game. Uh, I I really, really believe that this team, the way it is now, if Royer starts, um, I, I think that they can get a result. Win or a draw. I really do. I know Pat has talked on him. He, he doesn't like the way the Red Bulls play against this team, which I can totally see. Um, but I just think the momentum of the team, of how well they're playing, how well the defense has been. Listen, if they can't get a draw out of this game, a low-scoring draw, then they don't deserve to win the MLS Cup. True. I don't want a one nothing loss. I think they, they really should be able to come out of this game with the result. Against a very tired team, hey. a very tired team, and with all this stuff, this team is not. This team did not come in red hot. You no. know, they. That's another thing, and I mean, with all the the insanity that went on with this team, uh, the save the crew, the thing, the not knowing what's going on, and the fact that they're staying in Columbus, but then you watch the turnout of the the home games, and they fans still weren't coming out, except for the hardcore fans. The the emotion, the emotional pressure that is saving the crew, is gone. Yes, right. Yeah, that's not. They're not still like jumping all of that. Like last year, I would absolutely not want to face them because they had that whole save the crew, team of destiny feel about them. Right. But it was what like four weeks ago now that that like it was announced that they were going to be saved. Mm-hmm. I, granted, I don't think the deal is final, but at this point, there's it's just details. Right. But that emotional cork is gone. Right. They they don't have that emotional well to go back to and say, we're doing this for the fans. Like, it's just not there. 
Yeah. Uh, I, like you said, any – so in the playoffs, obviously any result is good. Uh, will be great as a multi-goal win. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> give me – give the minimum I want is a draw with at least one or two goals. Because that's the – because that sets you up the best for the second leg. Yep. Just just get get an away goal or two because that is your tiebreaker, and that's the thing you need as the home team going to the second leg is to have that cushion. And that's yeah. Let's yeah. Let's let's prove to everybody that this is not the same team year in and year out. The same team that goes to the playoffs and can't do it. Like everybody's saying, you know, everyone online's talking about that. That this is going to be the Red Bull playoff team. When are you going to prove it? Now, now you are the best team in MLS history in the regular season. There is no one better. You are the best. You have one of the best defenses ever. They're all healthy. The only thing to do is to beat TFC, which they won the cup last year. Yeah. I I mean, it's a lot of pressure, but this, this is 23 years in the making. So, so excuse time is, is over. All right. Uh, so New York Red Bulls two right now they're at halftime of their Eastern Conference Finals still two nothing. They were looking a little bit better, but just can't get that goal. Hopefully playing on the better end of the field. Oh yeah, because this field is bow wow yeah. bad. Yeah. So you know how we complain about NYC's field? This is worse, much worse. Uh, if you can look up the highlight, if assuming you haven't watched this game, look up the highlights. And you'll see the penalty kick that we missed where the guy slips because he's slipping on what's got to be turf put down over dirt. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not even a, you know, a bad pass job. No, this is literally like AstroTurf sitting on top of the infield. And also baseball's over. Yeah. And Louisville, the AAA team, it's been way over. I was going to say, it's minor league baseball. It's not even, I don't know. It almost would have been better if they just slept the dirt there. Right? It's <laughs> Raiders, Raiders uh, Oakland Coliseum style. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, the rest of the MLS knockout round, New York City uh, advanced over Philly by a score of 3 nothing. Just absolutely destroyed them. Honestly, after the first goal, we said it was over. Yeah. Uh, FC, in the West, FC Dallas, the – that was a 3-1 game, by the way. I was going to say, I didn't think it was 3-0. It was 3-1. Oh, I turned it off at 3-0. That's yeah, it's 3-1. Okay. Um, you know, it's funny. Things, I even looked at the score. I just, I guess, ignored the fact that there was a 1 in the Philly column. Uh, let's see. In the West, FC Dallas, which was the 3 seed, I think. No, LAFC was the 3 seed. But either way, FC Dallas lost 2-1 to one to Portland at home. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk more about this game in Dumping Ground, but LAFC lost to Pecky's RSL 3-2 at home. Uh, so that means the other MLS quarterfinal matchups uh, in the East. Atlanta, the 2C, takes on New York City, the 3C. That game is Sunday at 7.30 p.m., which, quick side note, I, I guess I understand starting at 3, 
I mean, I really don't because I would feel like if you really want eyes on all the playoff games, you'd have the last game starting at like a normal time for the East Coast. Mm-hmm. But why isn't the NYC game, which is being hosted in New York City, being played at 3 o'clock? Why is it in that game? Because it's Atlanta, uh, the MLS new favorite toy, and NYCFC, the other MLS favorite toy. I mean, uh, the Supporters Shield champions play at you know three o'clock, the first game, because we're playing. Well, I mean, I think we already knew. Maybe we didn't already know what the time was for this game. Maybe the time. No, they didn't announce the times until after all the games were done. Okay, um, but again, Red Bulls Columbus not sexy, not sexy TV. So we got three o'clock. I'm not even asking for us at three thirty or at seven thirty. I would have put New York City first. Columbus, New York, second. Um, sporting KCRSL third, and Seattle, Portland, fourth, and made made the Seattle Portland game start at like eight PM Eastern. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Seattle Portland that's got to be a great. Oh series. boy, oh man. Uh, so I, anyway, Sporting Kansas City is the, the number one seed in the West, taking on RSL, and Seattle number two is taking on Portland number three. Uh, Sporting KC is at 10, Seattle Portland's at 5.30. And I get putting Seattle Portland at 5.30 because you get a better chance getting your eyes on one of the the best TV rivalries in MLS. Right. And I don't mean that to disparage it. I'm just – I'm literally like it's one of the best ones for TV. Yeah, it looks it looks great. Yeah. And and I say this knowing knowing who I support. It is a better rivalry for TV than anything the Red Bulls have right now. Yes, I mean Red Bull NYCFC is, is pretty pretty damn good. But the but the TV optics of playing at New York City don't do the same thing as playing in Seattle or Portland. Yes, New York City really needs to get a soccer stadium. Yeah, fuck them. All right, so. Uh, you know what? Actually, no, we'll get you. That's last. All right, dumping ground. LAFC, you guys had so much promise. And then your fans started being like shit. Yep. And what a, what a joke. I was kind of, I mean, I wasn't rooting for them because, you know, I always want Mike Pecky to do well. But you wouldn't have been annoyed if they had won. No, no, because I thought. It was a good story. It was a good story. You know, they they played really well. What do I care about a Western Conference team? I don't really care that much. Bob Bradley coming back to the United States, bringing an expansion team. Yeah, and and up to that point, from watching games, their fans didn't seem like a holes. Uh, and then they pulled this nonsense in less than twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, to have a game stoppage because of fans. I don't so, remember how that happening in MLS before. So if you didn't watch the game and haven't heard about this, uh, RSL was up one nothing, and the LAFC fans started throwing beer and stuff onto the field in the direction of Necromondo mm-hmm. because uh, at that point you, uh, LAFC was attacking their supporter section, and you know they were. Geiger came over, had the PA announcer warn the fans. Now, security came over, I think, just before that, too. Yeah, well, security was making their way over during that, all that stuff, too. Um, then LAFC gets a free kick, so fans start throwing things again. And this is the part that annoys me the most. Mm-hmm. At, at that point, Geiger should have suspended the game until they got the crowd under control. They didn't. 
and it probably did affect the free kick and how it went in. Yeah, uh, and then he blows then, the right after that, and then calls for that. The then game. they suck. Yeah, yeah. I went to bed at halftime, so I don't know if anything else happened, but I'm glad RSL won. Yes. Well, also help help win the game with a karate kid goal. Uh, what was it? Half volley in the air, in the air, crane kick right in the net, which was just so awesome. And then a, uh, a deflected goal, which was the game winner, which was really funny. It's like, look at this amazing goal! And here's a goal that went in. That's the winner. And even the first goal was pretty good too. Yeah. Yep. And and good on them. Uh, good on RSL. I think they took that a little personally with all that nonsense going on. I don't blame them. And fought their asses off. All right. Uh, other thing I have for dumping ground. I uh, saw this today. So the IFAB, basically the the rules committee for uh, international soccer. Uh, right now they are debating two rule changes. The first is to remove the word deliberate. From the handball rules, so, so right now, like oh, all oh, balls off hands. <laughs> so the right now the rule says the handball is only that when uh, it is a deliberate motion. Now they are considering taking that away, and as part of that, I saw ideas where if your arm doesn't raise above, think like four and eight o'clock. On the you know the times forty eight o'clock, so you get a little bit of leeway going side to side with your arms. Mm-hmm. Like if your arms above that and it hits you below the shoulder, then it is. And if it hits you anywhere above the shoulder, it can't, I, I don't. I feel like they're trying to like wordsmith it to death a little bit. And then the second one, and this one I find actually most interesting, especially because this just happened to Everton um, on penalty kicks. During the run of play, we're not talking at the end of, you know, after extra time. We're talking during the run of play. On a penalty kick, if the goal is saved or missed, play does not continue, or play would not continue. It would be whistled dead, and a goal kick would be awarded. I'm fine. I'm actually kind of okay with that. So am I, because I feel like, I mean, I'm... I have been on both sides of that coin. Like my mm-hmm. teams have scored again on that kind of play and have suffered goals on it. And it sort of isn't fair to for the keeper to make a really great save only to have the ball get deflected right to somebody's path. And it the the point or the article I read made a good point. It would in effect take away encroachment. Because sure. there would be no incentive right. to jump into the box sure. anymore. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. And I think, again, the goalie makes the save. That should be his reward for making the save. Not, he made a great save. He's vulnerable. Well, let's just put the ball right back in the net. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. What I wished, one of the things I wish they would tackle on this, on penalty kicks is the rule about the run up. How, like, right, because right now, as long as you don't stop dead in your tracks, you're okay. Right. But look at, Look at Pogba's penalty kick and tell me how that's not like trying to skirt the rule in the most possible, in, in, in the most asinine way possible. Right. Where he's like literally taking, I don't know, it was like 12 steps, like 12 baby steps before he decided to run up to it, but it was still legal because he's moving forward. Right. And here's the funny thing 
I saw somebody actually calculated the number of steps he's taken on all the penalty kicks this year. Mm-hmm. He's averaging like 12.5 <laughs> steps per penalty kick. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. All right. You guys think for dumping ground? Uh, no, nah, not really. I just want to rip on LA fans for a little bit, so we did that. Okay. Uh, so that only leaves one more thing, and that's Truman's terrible team of the week. Come on. Come on. Come on. Still got to say it. Come on. You, you can't be in first place, have it all in your hands, and then go up to Toronto, the one of the worst teams in the league, and get your asses whooped and not be a terrible team of the week. Easiest decision ever. There could have been a 10 nothing game at the end of this year. But that, I mean, there you go. Choke yeah. Ruski. And that Geo goal at the end was sick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well-deserved to terrible team Atlanta. Thank you very much. Maybe we see you in the uh, playoffs. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap this up but real quick. So if you didn't skip through the first few minutes of the show, you would have heard that there was a special open I produced for this one. Mm. Um, that is going – if and this is for the patrons. So if you want in on this, patreon.com slash rant. All it takes is a dollar a month. For the playoffs, and if and if I can, if I can keep this up in the playoffs, I will consider doing this next year. I am going to make a special version of each weekly episode with a open, using highlights and stuff from the game that we're covering. So, for example, next week's show will have an open using audio from the first leg of the uh, series against Columbus. But that will only be available if you are uh, contributing to our Patreon. If you listen to us in the regular feed, you will not hear that. And you won't be that special. No. Uh, by the way, and if you go to Patreon, and if you subscribe to a Patreon, you get a special RSS feed. So you don't have to like download our show and add it to your thing. You just all you do is add the Patreon feed, and you automatically would get everything. Nice. Yes. All about making it easy. That's right. And making us millions and millions of dollars. Yes. That would be amazing. Millions. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's wrap the, the rest of this up. So email us like Jeremiah did, redbullrant at gmail.com. You can call us 973-348-5329, facebook.com slash redbullrant, on Twitter at redbullrant for the show, at Doc the Stooge myself, at pmacda2 for Pat, at the Truman for Truman. Subscribe to our show via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, YouTube, SoundCloud, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. Last words before we go. No more excuses. It is it is literally all in your hands at this point. It, it, things are being handed to you. Don't fuck it up. Win. Yeah. Simple message. Three words, win. Or three letters, not three words. Win, win, win. There you go. There's your three words. <laughs> that works. All right. So for uh, Truman and myself, this has been episode number 288 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, go Red Bulls. Bye-bye.